Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step -step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Maybe that's why Bluehost has been recommended by WordPress.org since 2005. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to Bluehost.com Wondersuite. That's Bluehost.com Wondersuite. Welcome guys, welcome to Conscious Brainwash. We are starting to shoot our season three and we are shooting an episode today with Mr. Paul Tehrani. Paul is a mindset coach and a CEO of Mastermind School of Success. He coaches his clients, help get rid of excuses and adopt an evolving and limitless mindset. We are very excited to have Paul today and jump into uh, ask him some questions around mindset and how we, our listeners can really elevate their mindset to limitless. Welcome, Paul. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. And thank you for all of the significant value and your approach to helping the world become better. I'm, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, thank glad you. to have you, man. So, Paul, we have talked about since the beginning of this podcast, we have talked about a thing, a concept called law of attraction. And one of your uh, content on social media, we came across a video where you talk about law of attraction and turn it into a law of action. Do you, do you mind just sharing more on, on what does that mean? Absolutely. Uh, you know, I think the, the law of attraction for many people, they've had some insight on that. And, you know, if we can simplify what my humble opinion of all this is, you know, opposed to having just this idea or this imagination and things will just appear, um, you know, moving it into an actionable plan or an actionable method, I think, is key because just thinking of something is, of course, important because that's what we have. We have this ability to use our minds and our imagination, and our imagination is important, right? Because that's where it all starts. Nothing outside of us has appeared. Nothing outside of us has appeared before it appeared inside of us. So everything that you're looking right now that's extrinsic was intrinsic at one point, right? Anything that you're holding outside of you, you were holding inside of you, right? Whether it's this notebook, whether it's this phone, or whether it's that room that you're sitting in, it was in, it was in someone's mind first. So a lot of attraction in terms of just simplifying the awareness of this opposed to complicating it where it's going to be this voodoo tree hugging type of uh, way of creating this reality by just thinking about it, you know, it's a matter of focus. So what we tend to focus on, we know expands. What we tend to focus on constantly becomes this confirmation bias, right? We, what we think about, what we see in our minds 
is what we typically tend to look for outside of our minds. So the law of attraction is what I seek is seeking me. What I think about is what will appear outside of me, right? Just like if you are interested in a new car, if you're interested in a new car and, and now you purchase that car and essentially you see that car everywhere where prior to being interested or thinking about this car or purchasing this car, it didn't always appear, but was the car always there? It, the car was always on the road. It's just more, it's more apparent to you now. It's more visible to you now. Yeah. Okay because it was more visible in your mind first. So I, if I were to say the law of attraction, and you know, this is a conversation that can be a podcast on its own, mm-hmm. right? The law of attraction. But if I were to narrow it down, really, it would be a matter of focus. Where your focus goes, your energy goes. And you may have heard that before. Yeah. And I think whether it's emotional or psychological, it becomes this awareness algorithm, like our this this repeated mode of how we see things. Just like if you are constantly seeking information on your phone and you notice these advertisements pop up all the time, it's because there's this algorithm of memory. It goes into your limbic library, right? It's emotional and it's mental and it's and it's taking that information as an algorithm now where it keeps popping up. Mm-hmm. So the you know, in my book, I'll have a topic that will be hopefully coming out end of this year, next year hustle to harmony. I'll be talking about that, you know, within one of the models in the mindset portion of the education that I, that I share uh, with others is the awareness algorithm. So when I think of the law of attraction uh, based on my, my uh, uh, description or format of education on it, it would be the awareness algorithms and what you constantly are thinking about or what you are constantly you're putting yourself in an environment and constantly being exposed to certain type of events. Like if you're watching horror movies that will pop up later beyond that present moment. So that's what the, the, the law of attraction is, but taking the law of attraction alone. And, you know, when we think about this thought has a lot of power, this imagination, when it's rehearsed and it's practiced, it becomes like a muscle and it constantly grows in your mind, whether it's problematic or whether it's solution-oriented thinking, whether it's negative thinking or positive thinking, that's the law of attraction is the focus that stretches out, the focus that grows. Um, but turning it into law of attraction is a matter of saying now the ultimate power is the action portion. And lo- knowing that there's a law of averages, okay? And a lot for a lot of people, when they have this law of attraction, well, Paul, I'm thinking about this. I really want this to come to life. I want it to make it happen. I'm constantly, you know, diving into the right podcasts like this one here, right? Positivity. I'm diving, I'm around the right people. I'm surrounding myself with the right groups. I'm reading the right books. But why isn't it happening? It's because we actually learn more from creation than we do consumption. Even if that creation of consumption is within our own minds, it's about getting into action and understanding the law, not just the law of of uh, attraction, but understanding the law of averages and the law of action. So when we are doing something repeatedly, there's always these opening ratios, these opening ratios and these closing ratios. So I encourage everyone, you know, that's listening is you get more inspired by doing things and you learn a lot more and you attract a lot more in your life by creation, 
right? So, you know, someone asked me recently, hey, Paul, should I have a, a Facebook group? Should I have a Facebook group uh, so I can share what I'm really passionate about? Um, but I don't really have, I had this value and this information and this knowledge, but I don't really have um, a, a big following or I, I don't know who I would invite in there, right? Maybe I just have a few people. I don't have a big audience. Should I do that? And you see, this is the transition now, right? The person has this law of attraction of what they're visualizing, what they truly want. And that's what the law of, law of attraction is focused, but it's also visu- the art of visualization. Visualization, yeah. Right? So the art of visualization. And so they're visualizing this and, and, and they're focusing on it. And what you focus on, you manifest if you take action. So I said, listen, what is the perfect advice or the best advice I can give? I don't know if there's perfect advice, but what, what's good advice that I can give this person? And I always like to ask questions. I think as a modern mentor, it's key to be help people solve their own problems, take them through a process of, of asking questions. So how did I get this person to go from the law of attraction? They're really attracted to this thought, this idea, right? But how do we prevent them from this idea turning into this ideation that lives and dies in their minds? And they take it to the grave with them is the law of action. So I said, okay, did God create, and I know this is subjective maybe for a lot of people, depending on their beliefs, but for me, it's relative. If I ask, did God create man first or did he create earth first? What would you guys say? I would say God created earth first. Yeah, I'd say earth. Earth first, right? And she said the same thing. She said, actually, God created earth first. So I said, listen, if God created earth first, what did he put on the earth? Well, he put the trees, he put the waters, he put the air, he put the sky, he put all these elements. And I said, well, why don't you kind of play the role of being that creator in that moment, right? Create an environment. If it's that Facebook group, create the environment. So when people arrive, they have all the essential resources that they need to thrive. Whether it's one person that comes in, that person can be like your Adam. The second person can be like your Eve, but they're there. They're not coming into an atmosphere of darkness, right? They're not coming into a platform that's vacant of all of the nutrients that they need for their mind, right? So develop that, start that first, and it allows you to get into action. Whether you're practicing with a small group or later you will create value and it will turn into a world where, you know, just in the past, what, a half century, it's doubled in population, right? Yeah. So essentially, that's the, the example I can give when it comes to the law of attraction. And for a lot of people, you know, we may feel, and this is natural for human behavior, for all of us to hesitate based on some of the seasons that sometimes we confuse that things are going wrong. Things are not going right. And I know as entrepreneurs, you guys have that grit, right? Push past the pain period, right? That's how you discern the champions from the amateurs or the pretenders from the players or the leaders from those that are maybe just not authentic about what they're doing here is you have to know that there's a there's these law of averages that kind of sit with the law of action and the law of attraction. And it's that not everything is going to go your way. Not everything is going to be perfect, but there's always going to be growth and there's always going to be success if you can understand these ratios throughout the process, right? Like a baseball player goes up to bat and doesn't get on base seven out of 10 times. 
right? Or a soccer player shoots at the net, doesn't get a goal every time he shoots at the net. But to discipline our disappointments throughout the process of where it started with the law of attraction, thinking of something and doing something and then doing something because we have the courage of going into the law of action to go from, from, just, from just thought to creation, right? Because, and then we learn more from creation. And to learn that along the way, that the law of averages says it's not going to go your way. It's not about perfection, but it's about progress. And it's to understand that every arena has more misses than hits. And I like to use a cheetah. I used baseball, right? Seven times you're out, three times they hit it, and they're making $4 million a year, right? 300 batting average. It's considered excellent, right? Right. So you're missing seven times. And so when it comes to business or when it comes to whatever endeavor you're on in life and what success means to you and what you're trying to have progressive growth in, understand that losing the failure is your true teacher. Success is a result. It's stagnant. The movement, the progression is actually failure. Albert uh, Thomas Edison invented the light bulb. That was one formula. It was a thousand steps of failure and one outcome to make the result. So he called it, he didn't, he said, Thomas Edison, you failed a thousand times to create the light bulb. He said, I didn't fail a thousand times. It was 1000 steps. So understand the law of averages alongside the law of action. But I like to use an animal like the cheetah, the cheetah. When we think of the cheetah, what do we think of? The first thing that comes to mind, speed, speed, yeah. fastest, right? Super fast, lightning fast. Actually, you know, a lot of people maybe don't know this specifically, but it does zero to 60, I believe in three seconds. That's as fast as some of the fastest supercars, right? It can beat a lot of the supercars on the road here. But a lot of people don't actually know that the cheetah misses more than it catches its prey. It's the fastest land animal, but it misses 60 or 70% of the time hmm. when it goes for its prey. So knowing to discipline your disappointments along the side and the law of averages, but you're always going to get what you want if you're continuously committed to the process and getting into action because you learn more from creation than you do consumption. And the imagination that is in your mind and what expands in your mind, what, what you're thinking about, the, the law of attraction becomes more visible to you the more you think about it. Um, and moving from point A to point B to point C with that three-step system. It's very cool. Beautifully put, man. Absolutely beautifully put. That's like so, so, so visual in, in the steps forward from the motivation to the execution to then the dealing with the actual A to B transition of getting those a thousand steps and then being like constantly boosting yourself and, mm. you know, like being there with yourself to the end, to the end goal. So incredibly potent. No, you and you know, when you, thank you. And you know, when you think about the, the final point there is we have to move away from like, if we're talking about success in business and I, and I assume that's one of the big, big topics you sure. are trying yeah. to emphasize on for sure um, we, have, we have to move in and, and this is a book from uh, simon sinek called the infinite game it's got a great concept and he talks about that it really really is an interesting insight on how to move away from the finite mindset when you're in the infinite game and the infinite game would be where there is no winning or losing it's you found this purpose on earth and the, the progression or the growth is infinite. 
And where, you know, when you think about a finite situation like school, it's finite. As a starting point, there's an ending point, there's everything in between. Or what sports do you like? Do you like? like football, basketball, hockey, yeah, yeah. hockey. Hockey's got a first period, a second period, and a third period, or opening and closing. Someone's a winner and someone's a loser, right? Um, so, you know, that's that's a finite, you know, we bring that type of mentality based on those types of platforms, arenas, and events. And we bring them into our journey to greatness. Uh, I think we get disappointed quickly when the achievement is what we're attached to more than that decision we made that this is who we're becoming because we're not human doings on this journey of greatness or this journey to become significant or successful or impactful personality, right? We are on that journey. We're on that journey that's not finite. We're on that journey that is limitless. We're on that journey that is um, uh, infinite. Very cool. Paul, you um, you talk about um, detox from excuses. Uh, we see that's uh, one of your uh, like topic of conversations in a lot of the videos you share. What excuse yeah, de- like excuse, excuse detox, right? Something like yeah. that. So why do you feel that, that it's so, so important to address that uh, with, with the audience who are looking to elevate their mindset or looking to grow in their life? You know what, recently during the, the pandemic came in, 2020 was been an interesting, you know, strange year at times, right? Depending where you live. Uh, but, you know, here I'm in Canada now, uh, but it's definitely been a year that has, people have faced a lot of challenges. And one of the things that I find is during times where there's a lot of pessimism is when you can actually become your most creative self. And really capitalize or utilize those moments to grow. So one of the things that I did was I created a detox excuse program within Mastermind School of Success. So it's a new extension of it. And the reason why I did that was because here we go now. Now we got the biggest excuse of them all, but it's a pandemic, right? It's a global pandemic. Are you crazy? What are you going to do? You just got to stay home. You got to be scared. You got to be safe. Right, you got to wait till all of this is done. Now you got a huge excuse, right, for people, right? <laughs> you got to be scared. So, That's hilarious. But but you know, I think ideally, a pre prior to all of this happening, it's always been there in the back of our mind. Why am I procrastinating? Why am I coming up with reasons why I can't do something? And an average person actually makes twenty two hundred excuses per year. So if you put that in a ten year window. If you have a long-term perspective and a you know and a compound effect of this through a ten-year period, what do you have? You have twenty-two thousand excuses in a ten-year period. Okay, and we think about the compound effect of something like this, and excuses are as toxic or as harmful as any other type of bad habit. If I were to make one excuse, you might say, "Well, that's that's not a big issue, right?" But like if I were to smoke one cigarette, it's not a big deal, right? But what if I were to smoke 22,000 cigarettes? What happens? Maybe there's cardiovascular disease, uh, lung disease. There's a certain outcome based on that. There's a certain consequence based on this accumulative uh, action of, of what we call bad habits, right? And you know, you can use other examples like eating the wrong foods 
It has a certain outcome. If I had one cheat meal, is it going to be bad? No. But if I play this out for a 10-year window, what happens? Maybe I gained a lot of unwanted weight. Now I'm leading into obesity. And it becomes a pattern. It becomes habitual. And it leads to a certain type of results. But what happens when we make excuses? Because excuses are not like this, this, this physical action that accumulates to this physical outcome. Right? It's more like this invisible force when we use our words. Right? And our words, you got to be really mindful of the words that you use because what you're spelling out out of your mouth is spelling. You're casting a spell on yourself. And that's why it's called spelling. So you got to be really mindful on what you're saying. Okay? That's one of the main things that will create your life is what you say to yourself or what you say to others because it's casting that spell, spelling, right? So you're spelling these words. And so excuses, what's the outcome after a long-term negative effect. What's the consequence of this? Well, excuses lead to the deduction or the destruction of your destiny, of your desires, right? So people are coming up with reasons why they can't do something. And that's the disease that it creates, the disease that destroys your desires and your destiny uh, when you accumulate them. So I created that for us to First, be very aware of how toxic diseases may be because when you, when you, uh, the excuses can be because when you make these decisions to make these excuses, you have to remember that you always have to look back at them and you don't want to look like excuses, right? Because when you're born, you look like your parents, right? Your mom and your dad. But when you die, you look like your decisions. And where did these decisions come from, right? Did they come from a place of fear? And excuses is a, is a byproduct of fear, doubt, right? Right? And, and or did they come from a place of love, faith, courage, creativity, character? So what am I going to look like in my ending days, right? Because when you have a tombstone, you have the day you were born and the day you pass, right? But what's most important is that dash in between. Mm. What did that dash look like? And was it filled with excuses? Right. So I think, I think now we can develop a level of awareness and understand how toxic excuses may be when we look at them in the long-term perspective, you know, and how we condition ourselves to uh, be reactive with excuse-making syndrome. Yeah. And that's what it is, right? So my explanation on that is it started off young. It started off at a young age. Do you remember when you were in school or when you didn't finish your homework and you, you've heard this one many times, but my dog ate it, right? Like, so you would come up with that excuse, right? Or you came home late. I know you two were hanging out and you would, you would go out, sneak out and come back late. You were just a teenager and your mom would be like, what did you do? Right? You better have a good, good excuse. And they're, they're, in, they're, 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 they're training you to come up with excuses. So you're actually on the way home. You're strategizing. You're being creative on what you can say so they can believe it. You're actually becoming a creative excuse maker. And so it starts at an early age. And we condition ourselves to come up with reasons why we can't do something. And maybe for good reasons sometimes. But as time goes by, what we don't realize is what we do constantly keeps reoccurring and it becomes a pattern. It's a neural pattern that becomes a behavioral pattern. And from childhood, to adulthood, we come up with excuses because it becomes this way of reacting based on this subconscious development. And subconscious means it's the part of your brain that is established and solidified 
its place and it becomes automatic, habitual, where your conscious state is being aware of something right now. And it's saying, I know I'm making an excuse, but what I should do something different. But you're like, you're having this debate with yourself. Like, I know I should be doing this. That's your conscious state right now in this moment. And I'm talking to you and you're realizing what I'm saying, but your subconscious comes from the back and it takes you because it's got more power because it's got more exercise, more practice and more training. Habits are what's important. So automatic solution, solution making uh, is going to come down by creating new habits. Okay. Because first you create your habits, then your habits create you. Right. And that's what's key to understand when it comes down to that. So I made a, actually, the program consists of um, five different areas. And of course, inspired by detoxing excuses, eliminating the excuses for 30 days. So when they're coming into this program, they cannot make an excuse for 30 days. Remember that movie with Jim Carrey? Say yes. Was it the yes movie? Whatever it was. Liar, liar. Say no. Is that like what that. it was? I think it was liar, liar. Like he was a lawyer, yeah. He, or yes, man. Yeah, he was I don't yes, know exactly. man. I think yes it was yes, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he continues saying yes to everything, and his life changes like yeah. overnight. So in this program, for thirty days, I'm not saying that it takes only thirty days. Different studies show different outcomes, right? Whether it's thirty days, sixty days, or ninety days, but this program is cut down to thirty days for them not to come up with an excuse and to be aware of when they're making an excuse. To have that, the first point is clarity and self awareness to know that you're actually doing it. Mm. Know what the subconscious mind means. Mm-hmm. So your conscious state can help you detox that mm-hmm. type of reactive activity, right? So that's what happens for 30 days. They can make an excuse, but there's five other, four other components in addition to detoxing your excuses, which is intentional pressure, right? Confident, um, confident leadership, speeding up your skill sets and conditioning your consistency, So, so these become inputs. So we know that the removal, the detoxing is the removal of something. Yeah. That's the first step to success, right? When I talk about success, every time I'm mentioning success, I'm talking about progress. The first step is to remove, like if I can remove sugar, refined sugar from my diet, instantly I'm more successful. Yeah. Right. If I can, if you can quit smoking instantly, you're, you're more successful with your health. You didn't actually add anything. You removed something. Yeah. But the second step was to move, uh, to, to add, to input four components that would counter those uh, excuse-making, excuse uh, uh, the excuse-making, decision-making syndrome, excuse-decision-making syndrome. So like, what, what would then be the difference between an excuse and a decision? Like if you're, it, it, do you know it's an excuse if you're trying to reinforce a, what would be a bad habit? Like you mentioned, like, sugars or, or, or nicotine or, or things of that nature. But what if it's something like, you know, even like relationship wise, I guess, would you be weighing that? Is it better for me or is it worse for me? And if it's, if it's something that's worse for me, then I'm creating an excuse to, to, to do it. Is that how you would differentiate between an excuse and a decision? Yes. Um, and an excuse is a decision. So I think that's a really good, I think it's a really good question, but again, I'm, I'm going to try to really simplify this. Yeah. And I think a lot of it, and this may not, there's not always a practical answer for everything. For sure. But, but I, I truly believe that intuition is a big part of it for me. And when you can be very self-aware, your intuition speaks of where am I making this decision from? Where is this decision coming from? Is it coming from 
old patterns, old thinking, because I can't create a new life, a new relationship, new growth, new progress with old thinking. So asking myself, where's this decision coming from? Because I know I want new change, but is it coming from old thinking? Asking that question first. And then asking the question of, is this coming from a place of fear? Or is this coming from a place of love? Like if, if I am in a relationship, right, an intimate relationship, and I don't know if I want to continue being in this relationship or I do, and I'm, I'm assuming that a good example that you're asking yourself, I'm asking myself, what are the reasons maybe I'm still in this relationship? And how do I see myself here long-term based on the reasons that I see today? And when I look at those reasons, are those reasons serving me in a good place? And are they serving that other person in a good way? So I think the excuse of someone, the excuse to discern the excuse from the decision in that moment is I'm with this person because I'm comfortable. I'm with this person because I feel like that's the love I deserve, but they don't treat me the right way. I'm with this person because maybe a certain part of the relationship is really good. And that's when you can go into construct and you can improve and, and develop and work on that relationship. And when you come to that awareness, so there's, there's two things that can happen there. But a lot of us, we come up with excuses on why we're still in this relationship. Why am I still at this job? Is because it's coming from a place of fear. If I, if I go and pursue my dreams as an entrepreneur, um, if I don't want to leave my job, and maybe you don't have to in the short-term horizon, but if you're still there after five years or 10 years, it was because you were safe and secure and you made a decision based on safety opposed to bravery. So, so I think it's coming to that place. Do you mind if I ask you then, like, what was something that in your past was one of your largest obstacles? Maybe we'll call it an obstacle or like something that was an excuse or you found yourself, you know, like something that, you, you know, shaped you to be something that you are today or something that was really a milestone like that in your past that you overcame. If you can that, recollect that I overcame or maybe I, still I, dealing with, I don't know. I, I think a, a, a big one for me was public speaking. Um, I think the first few times I did it, it went horribly. And every time I was asked <laughs> to speak, I would come up with a reason why I couldn't. Mm. And so I came up with a reason why I couldn't, whether I was busy or whether I was on the go and I'd come up with a certain reason. And in, in my heart, I knew that I, I wanted to aspire to be better in that area because I could share a message that is important. I believe everybody has a message to, to share uh, with the world. So I would come up with reasons why I couldn't because I was avoiding the intentional pressure. Okay. And I was dealing with the consequential or the, the circumstantial pressure. So there's two types of pressure, the circumstantial pressure or the intentional pressure. And that's actually part of the uh, excuse detox program, the 30 day becoming limitless program. It's part of that. So I'm going to kind of interconnect that question yeah, 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 in, yeah. into that component. Yeah, please do. And so for me, um, I would come up with excuses. And once I, would put myself, uh, remove myself and move away from the comfort zone or what I call the neglect nest. And what a lot of people call maybe the dead zone, because if we're not developing, we're diminishing, you know, 
in that area. So for me, it, it was courage. And I know that a lot of times the reason why we personally, me and everyone else that's watching that will come up with an excuse is because it's uncomfortable. It scares them a little bit. It scares them a little bit. And I, and we don't want to feel that shame. Like I did when I was on stage and I was lost for words and I was standing up there. I, I forgot what my name was at one point while I was standing there. Right. So it was very intimidating and going back up there for me, I felt ashamed. I felt embarrassed. I thought it was going to last forever, that feeling. But I realized that you should never make, and I said, I'm never going to go do that again. And I realized you should never make permanent decisions and temporary problems. Mm. Right. And another person told me as I was walking up and they said, listen, I actually don't even know how you got up there. I don't even think I would have made it up those stairs to go on that stage, let alone get up there and do what you did. I want to say that was courageous. So I, I realized that in that moment, that courage is not about being perfect. I realized it's not about perfection, but I realized it's about just doing something, even though, you know, it scares you. And when something scares you and, and you know, it's going to put you into an arena that you're going to create progress. That's exactly the sign that that's exactly what you should do. Now, something may scare you, but it would lead to suffering and meaningless type of pain. But that's not the kind of pain I'm talking about. I'm talking about the pain, the intentional pressure that creates new power. And if we avoid this, and today now speaking on many stages, I've inspired many people. I've had the courage to overcome that process, which it always takes a little bit of struggle to create new strength in that area. So for me to overcome it, overcome that excuse was just, there is no magic formula. It was just to realize that I'm scared of doing this, but I know it's going to create a uh, new, new strength if I can overcome the struggle. So it's the sign of when it's scaring me to just do it. And now I've inspired many, many people in many different parts of the world by developing myself, by putting myself under that pressure to create new power. And if I avoided this, if I avoided, if I went to, into avoidance, whether it was through speaking or whether it was other areas that create positive progress, then I would be sad. I would face sorrow, right? So, and, and then eventually sickness and whatever it may be, right? Just like that intentional pressure. Like I've been training, I've been working out for 20 plus years. When I put, when you put the weights, when you're, when you put yourself under the squat rack, if you, I know you guys probably work out, right? What are you doing? If I were to look at you in a practical sense, I said, are you crazy? You're putting that kind of pressure under yourself. You're hurting yourself, but you know that it's creating a new power. So I'm under pressure, but I decided to go in there. Why? Because for the years to come, and many people, half of the athletes I train, I train over 200 athletes and half of them that I train, half of them actually said, we don't, I don't even like to work out. I said, why do you do it? Because I know what it's going to do for me. I know what I'm going to become. I know I'm going to have more strength. I know it's good for my mindset. They're giving me all these reasons why they're doing it. So we talk about my excuse and my struggle and why I did it. I, I figured out there's a reason why I got to do this. The reasons will allow you to overcome the hard seasons. You need reasons in life. And a lot of people call this your why. So that why has got to be so big 
that it outweighs the how, right? Your desire to succeed has got to be bigger than the fear of failing. The reason why people won't overcome it is because they don't have a big enough reason. So if you're training and you're working out years to come, you're going to face the, the benefits of that. If you avoid physical activity, you're also going to be in pressure. So that's, that's circumstantial pressure. So what I teach them during the program is which one will you choose? You can't avoid pain. You can't avoid pressure. Make your decisions on which one you want. If I'm sitting on the couch, if I'm lacking, an average person does about 500 steps a day. It's a lot of sanitary style, stagnant style living, stationary style living today. Sitting is like the new smoking. And what's the consequence of them avoiding fitness? The pressure of eating the right foods. They call it pressure today, right? Because we weren't taught in school on how to eat right, right? The pressure of prepping your meals, the pressure of working out. Yes, that's a pressure. But what's the outcome? It's a positive power. What if I avoid all this? 5, 10, 15, 20 years down the road. Oh, yeah. The, the list I'm going to have to face that, face that pressure of sickness. Yeah. I love what So that's the difference between circumstantial. Yeah, that's the difference between circumstantial and intentional pressure. You must choose which pressure you want to go into. So, you know, if I can share a few examples with you guys. And yeah. I think I, I like to paint pictures through analogies. I feel like that creates retention in your learning. And we all love, love good analogies and yeah. it creates this visualization that touches us emotionally and it's emotion that allows us to remember things because people remember how you make them feel more than what you say and how you make them think, right? And when you think about a butterfly and a butterfly, and when I think about intentional pressure, when you think about a butterfly, what do you think of? What's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, Phoenix. Colors. Colors. Beauty. Phoenix. Right. For a lot of people, resurrection, for a lot of people, transformation, so many different cultures can describe it in a different way, but it always ends up being something beautiful. Right. But how many of us talk about the caterpillar? Not too many. Right. Now think of the caterpillar. If the caterpillar avoids going into the cocoon, (laughs) that moment of pressure and darkness, it says, I'm just not going to go in this. Now, instinct through that creature says, I'm always going to go into the cocoon. Humans have the dignity of choice of saying, I am not going into the cocoon. When the butterfly, when the, when the caterpillar says, I am going into the cocoon and it faces that period of darkness and pressure. And that's where all the transformation, the metamorphosis is actually happening because now it transcends from being that caterpillar and it becomes the butterfly. Now it's got a new capability. It can fly. It's got a new way of expression, of beauty, and it's symbolic to the world. It's lived out its purpose. It didn't remain. So it's humans. Anybody watching this, are you going to avoid those pressures? And our friends here are talking about how do you overcome those excuses and how do I overcome them? Was I put myself through the darkness to find light? I put myself through that pressure and I made a decision of going into the cocoon. Or you will remain underdeveloped your whole life and you'll take your purpose with you to the grave and you can also think about it you know jim quick if you guys heard of jim quick he talks about an egg he's got a good analogy as well when an egg breaks from within life begins when an egg breaks from an outer force life ends if you allow the excuses the outer pressures 
the judgments that mostly comes to our own judgment or the judgment of others and what we think. And that's why we're coming up with reasons or we're creating these scenarios in our mind. If that outer pressure breaks the egg, life ends. But if everything amazing breaks from within, you think about your mom, both of you obviously had a mom, otherwise you wouldn't be here today. She went through, she went through nine months of pressure. And the day that she gave birth to you, it broke from within was the most painful day of her life, probably. But here you are now. Yeah. All beautiful things come from within. And a lot of parents, a lot of moms watching this right now, they say, Paul, it's not the nine months. Mine's been a pain for, for 18 years until it gets out of the house. <laughs> it definitely was a pressure longer than nine months, Paul. But essentially, what happens if an outer force, outer force were to break, that process yeah. through the trimesters of, of that development. It's called a miscarriage. We think of a miscarriage, all of us, all of a sudden go into sympathetic, empathetic mode. Is that how we want to live our lives? Is to be broken from the outside by the excuses based on the judgments that we feel or the discomfort that something creates. Yeah. All right. So that's intentional pressure. No, you said it absolutely perfectly when you, you know, even, even reference choice and how big of a thing it is. And, and, and people have the ability to make the choice for their own life. They can take their purpose to the grave like that. It, it's the biggest thing we have at the end of the day is what we choose to do. And we do have the opportunity to choose. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Paul, one thing you touched on uh, habits, uh, one of the goals or, or uh, one of the intention we have with conscious brainwash is not only provide these enriching conversations and these new ideas, but also give a toolkit like an action item at the end of the podcast. And, and on our website, we talk about it and we have, we have fame, uh, named it Life Kit. And we talk about building habits around your mind, body, soul, so that it helps you elevate level of awareness, the consciousness. I, I know you talk about a lot about habits, like what would be the foundational habit you would encourage people to build or evolve or adapt if they are looking to grow in any area of their life? What would be the foundational habits? That's, that's a great question. I think in terms of there's a routine and then there's specific actual activities that you would do, uh, right? So I, I think if it comes down to a few specific things that I would incorporate that are foundational and universal for all humans, um, I would say personal development on a daily basis, because even though your mind is only 2% of your body weight, it controls 100% of your perceptions and to transcend and transform your way of thinking, you know, when it comes to personal improvement and whether it's audios, books, uh, or most importantly, um, uh, being around the right people, that would be a big one for me is to start there and to find ways to evolve your mindset, because if you can evolve, you can resolve. And to constantly tap in because if you're having this negative self-talk, right? And a lot of people have this automatic negative thinking that clicks in and intercept that with something like this right now. Intercept that, plug in 
and change your pattern of thinking because it's to change the habits of your life, you got to change the habits of your mind, right? And the way you're talking to yourself is going to be the biggest one because the biggest, the most predominant conversations and the most powerful conversations are the ones you have with yourself is what we call thoughts. So for me, it's to intercept those thoughts and to evolve that mindset because the mind is like a muscle, you know, for many years, I've been very fit physically, but only the past decade or so, I would say that I've been fit mentally. If someone were to look at me, I could see this guy's habits. I could see that he exercises. I could see that he works out, right? You could look at someone and know what their habits are. But if I were to communicate with someone, I can tell what the shape of their mind is, right? There's a lot of physical fitness, but there's a lot of mental obesity too. There's a lot of mental atrophy as well. So for me, I would say is that mental muscle is going to allow you to, what happens when, when I work out physically, I'm faster, I'm stronger. I got more endurance, right? I'm more flexible, whatever it is, whatever component of exercise, but in my mind, it's the same thing. If I don't work out physically, it's muscle atrophy. If I don't work out, you know, if I don't put that mental hygiene in cleaning out my mind and growing my mind, then I have mental atrophy, right? And I have this mental decay and I have mental deduction. And at that point, I can't really create the life that I want. So if I'd say the number one thing for me, it would be mindset. And then one of the main ways to develop your mindset is to be really mindful of what kind of information you're putting in your head. And this could be subjective for everyone, right? But I think just the general practice of positive thinking, growth mindset thinking, um, that's going to be key. The second thing I would say is, is, uh, and that would be your brain exercise. I would say your neuronutrition would be a, a, a next pattern, right? Because for me, everything is, is mind, right? Because your mind creates your life. And what you can put in your mind is really important in terms of nutrients, right? You guys have heard there's certain foods that you eat that will restore your memory or that will help you have better cognitive performance. And matter. Brain matter. What what matters to your brain, right? No, <laughs> Most, gray matter. Right? Sorry, gray matter. Oh, gray matter. Okay, yeah, gray yeah. matter. So understanding what you're putting in. And the most important nutrient for your brain is DHA. And you know, the omega-3 fatty acid. And an average Canadian, if you guys are in Canada watching or in the US, even it's a similar number, their omega-6 to 3 ratio is 16 to 1. Mm-hmm. Where pre-industrial times, the high was like your grandparents, four to one. Right. So what does that cause? That causes a major deficiency in cognitive performance. And it leads to diseases like dementia and, you know, loss of memory, even in premature stages. So I think the key is to give yourself the right types of food. I think that's a habit uh, that is going to allow you and even supplementation, right? Because our world has changed so much. So when I talk about the modernization of health, understanding, developing awareness on how much the world has changed in terms of how much is food change, how much is the environment that we're living in change today. It's not like it used to be. We can't have a primitive or antiquated type of approach in the 21st century when it comes to nutrition. So incorporating some of the areas where you're deficient in maybe you don't make a three in those areas and, and supercharging, boosting your mind so you can boost your life, right? With the nutrients, I'd say physical activity is a big part of it. And the last one I would say, and I can go through 10 different things, you know, when it comes to my 10, 10 different ways of, of activating your mindset, but we're talking about mindset right now. And I'd say the last one to close it off, that's very, very, very important. I think it's been so crucial for me that should be a habit is your human hemisphere or your social or- orbit. Because we know we've heard uh, or we've learned what you eat, you are what you eat, right? What you consume is pure intelligence, right? You put it in your body and eventually it shapes you, it becomes you, 
right? It's physiology, right? Or, or microbiology, however you want to call it. You start transforming into that. But you've also heard, you know, you're an average of the five people you spend the most time with. Show me your friends, we'll show you your future. Your network is your net worth. People are liabilities or their assets. And so you, if I can leave you with remembering this is you are what you eat, but you are also who you hang out with. So if you have to ask yourself, how inspiring, encouraging, and challenging, and motivating, and uplifting, and empowering is my peer group, okay? Because if you take a quick inventory of those people, you are now have a good picture of what you're becoming because there's this, these, neuro, uh, these, uh, these mirror neurons, right? Yeah. Right? So you, you mimic, you imitate people. And you become like them. I've actually, I was talking to someone that had an accent the other day and I started talking in an accent. Has that ever happened to you? Right? Yeah, not I that quickly, talking, but, <laughs> but maybe a couple words. Yeah. 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 So you start, that starts happening. So you become who you hang out with because <laughs> your, your mind is like your body. It's this ultimate adaptation machine, right? It starts adopting, inheriting and adapting to who you hang around with. So take a close look at that. I would say, put yourself in a community. Uh, around people that are that way. If you want to be more successful, impactful, more positive, that's going to be probably the biggest factor alongside um, um, practicing gratitude every day, yeah. alongside uh, nutrition for your mind and the mental exercise, the brain exercise, implementing those every day. And by gratitude, I mean, truly being grateful and using your language. When we were talking about language, you know, what you say comes mm -hmm. to life, the spelling. So when I talk about that is because when I look at the neuroscience or the neuroscientific research, research, it shows that how the neurotransmitters work between, you know, psychology, mind and body is it sends a signal to your body uh, when you have gratitude and it releases what dopamine or serotonin these these happy hormones, right? It changes your mood right away. So when you're thinking about gratitude in your mind, it changes your mood. Mm -hmm. Okay. And so, you know, and studies also show that pharmaceutical drugs like Prozac, it, it shows that it has the same effect as gratitude. So I always, I always tell people, are, are you going to be on gratitude or are you going to be on Prozac? Get on gratitude, right? <laughs> so pra practice, practicing gratitude, and in combination with those things, and then taking them. And when we talk about having a structure or a system that's attainable for everyone watching, mm -hmm. as I say, inch by inch makes it a cinch, step by step. If you're looking at the peak of the mountain and saying, you know, and it's important to have a five-year goal or a 10-year goal, but if you're constantly looking at that, it's going to scare you. If I was looking at Mount Everest and at the peak, instead of looking down and saying, I'm looking at the first step, it's going to really affect my emotions, right? People say, shoot for the moon and you'll land amongst the stars. I'd say, well, it's a beautiful quote, but I would debate that a little bit. I'd say for most people, shoot for the moon and you land on your face, mm -hmm. right? So you feel emotional when you're shooting for the moon and you don't hit it, right? I'd say, if you can't handle that intensity, be mindful towards your emotions. So the process to take all those things that we're talking about to change your habits, for most people, is consistency over intensity, conditioning that consistency. Because if you can't learn consistency, what can you actually learn? Mm -hmm. Nothing. So learning how to be consistent and saying, what is that one little thing that I can do, right? If it's exercise and I've never done it before, I'm not going to tell you to come in there for an hour, hour and a half with me. If you can get in there and stand in there for 10 minutes, 
even if you're not working out, if you're just looking around and you're making a habit of just showing up for 10 minutes a day, eventually you're going to use the machines. But you've conditioned yourself not to scare yourself away. Because if I work out with you and give you an hour workout, that may affect your body, your emotions. You just say, I'm never going to do that again because it's not attainable for me. So it's taking those steps and saying, I'm going to be consistent, not intense. And once I've become consistent for a while, I've conditioned my consistency, I can raise the intensity slowly. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Paul, you just uh, blew it out of the water. All the things you have said. (laughs) Um, Our first season, we actually, me and Sean, when we kicked off uh, Conscious Brainwash, we, we wanted, we had no idea where we are heading. We had no three, five year goal, but like you said, we were like, okay, let's show up on episode one and let's just do what we have in front of us and we'll see how this journey shapes up. And the ideas we talked in the season one, I, I think you already touched on most of the ideas. Like the law of attraction. Yeah, you did. You said how this world, action is key, word creates your world. Um, and then you talked about uh, how important uh, like average nutrition of, is average of your five health is wealth, yeah. who is around you so yeah. we are we have been talking about these ideas and it's, it's so funny and we did them in the order that you even <laughs> talked about them we like talked in there and then you like nailed them right boom 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 that was so good yeah no we totally enjoyed this and i think uh when uh, our listeners are gonna jump on to listening this episode everybody's gonna learn there's a lot of gravity man there's yeah. a lot of i could i could feel it you know even when you're communicating and speaking we would love to have you again uh, and then shoot another episode uh, in the essence of time. We are going to wrap up this episode, but we are super grateful for you to be here and share all this yeah. information. Thank A lot so of much. things we learned ourselves as well. And before we let you go, where can uh, people find you if they have to follow you and learn more from you? Where can they find you? Well, we did talk a lot about the Excuse Detox program. So if they want to go to excusedetox.com and learn more about that, for sure, follow me on social media, right? Paul Terrani, T-E-H-R-A-N-I. And it's the same name on Facebook. Those will be the two main platforms. Um, other than that, Mastermind School of Success um, uh, dot com, and they can get more information there as well. Um, or paulterani.com, which is under construction, will be coming soon. But having one of those platforms reaching out, and I think you know, closing this off, uh, I hope this was a treasure for your platform. Absolutely. And I know that for everyone watching. You know, maybe you had to have a little bit of courage to reach out to get some speakers for this podcast. And that's how I responded to say, let me let me support someone that's on a path of maybe creating something that is going to be impactful in the long term for people. So if I were to leave it with everyone, I would say, you, you know, the treasures and the transformations that you are seeking are found within the work that you avoid most. And a lot of us hesitate to reach out, hesitate to put ourselves out of their comfort zone. But you guys did a great job with that. You didn't hesitate. And now you found your treasure. Oh, Mr. Sharma. No, I, I learned this, Paul, uh, while I'm while on my own journey of growth. This is something I learned that take action. Don't, don't sit and wait. Something I read on uh, some of your content was show up. And I, I, I had this epiphany a couple of years back in, in the shower and I, I saw like a pattern of things throughout my life and, and the word came about showing up. And, and in that moment, I just acknowledged and recognized how important showing up is. That's, that's more than 70, 80% of the whole plan. That's right. Showing up, right? Like you said, like just show up, just look at the gym, don't do anything, just stand there because eventually your mind is going to 
start making you look like an idiot saying being in the gym but not doing something <laughs> so i i encourage all my teammates the same thing we have a morning boot camp we tell them hey just show up at 7:30 sit in front of the camera don't do anything go sleep in front of the camera but show up yeah. because the more you're going to show up eventually you're going to start thinking fuck man just let me do two pushups okay right so that's thank right. you that's right that's right put yourself in that environment and you know another closing message for everyone tarzan became the king of the jungle because he was an environment that turned him into that. So don't ever look at yourself and say, but I'm not that way. You guys are that way. We are all born to be great, right? We are all born to be great, right? There is no specific DNA and maybe some people are born with some talents that are different than others, but I would say put yourself in the environment that allows you to become the Tarzan of your world. Beautiful man. I'm so bloody motivated after yeah. this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> no, thank you, Paul. You did. You really did an amazing job. We you thank shared you so some yeah, some beautiful Absolutely. messages with so much clarity and and such simplicity, like the examples you gave. And I'm sure, like I learned tons from from just talking to you. Thank yeah. you. Appreciate your time. Thanks Grateful to be here, and uh, thank you for having me. Cheers. Thanks, man. Take Bye. care. Stay great. You too. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job; it's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov/careers.